let's talk about it. Hello and welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining and everything in its orbit. I'm James. I'm Tim. Let's get into this. So today, James and I, we're flying solo again, talking about a particular topic that I think we're both pretty well versed in. Uh, we're actually talking about dating a civilian when you are a gainer. Mm. I mean, first cab off the rank, you know, I think a lot of us in the community put out the vibes that we want to date another gainer or date an encourager or feeder or just someone from the community who kind of gets who we are. And to clarify for listeners, this is a particular episode theme. We're talking explicitly about gainers dating civilians. We're actually going to do a couple of different dating episodes. So never fear, we will cover a full gambit of those experiences. But as we said, today we're talking about specifically <coughs> gainers dating civilians, which I would argue is the commonality. You know, I, I know quite a number of gainers who are in active relationships, but those relationships are with non-community folk. Um, just going to put that out there, first port of call. You're in a civilian relationship. How did you go about meeting your partner? Um, so we actually met uh, during Gay Pride. Um, we, I mean, I suppose we technically met through uh, a dating app, like we were both on Scruff. Uh but he messaged me not with like, hey, do you want to hook up? But more like, hey, I'm going to this bar at this time. You know, are you going there as well? And I was like, yeah, actually, that's where my friends and I were heading. And he's like, well, I'll buy you a beer. Um, you know, so that's how we, he, he walked in. We actually started talking to each other. That's how we met. Um, previously, you know, I, I've been on Grommer. And really, there are no other apps for meeting other gainers specifically. I mean, you could argue that you can do that on Growler, but I was using Gromer to try to meet other gainers. Really hadn't had a ton of success. Um, not a whole, I mean, there are gainers within my like zip code, but most of them are not really keen to meet up. I don't know why. Um, so like I said, this is how I met my boyfriend was through a total civilian dating app. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because you would think the amount of people clamoring online for a gainer relationship that not to say someone would be desperate enough to go on the date, but like, if that's really what it came down to, more people would be, I think, a lot more willing to put themselves out there for the potential of a gainer relationship. Uh, but you know, everyone's different. Some people. Well, I do have I do have a theory about that, oh. about why there are a lot of gainers in certain cities, but a lot of them are not very keen to either meet up or, you know, seek out another gainer within their area code. Um, I've. Well, I have found, like, when I think of my community here in Cleveland, it's, we're not a huge city. We are, we're big, but we're not like a gigantic city like Chicago or New York or Miami or even Dallas. You know, we are a large city, but our gay community is still sort of relatively small. And <clears throat> I feel like specifically with like my generation uh, on the older side of the millennials, like... 
a lot of guys in this community have been together for years and years. Like they met when they were younger, they're still together now. They have open relationships because they've been together for so long that they no longer share any common interests. And so they're out sleeping around with other people, but they're not willing to give up the security of the relationship. I, I've noticed that there's a lot of gainers in Cleveland that are partnered off with non-gainers. So they're not looking for something long-term. They're not looking to be with another gainer long-term. They might be willing to step out and do some gainer-related kink stuff, but they don't want to replace their current relationship. And that could be what's going on in a lot of other cities. It's like, I kind of feel like gay men, and I don't know if this is too general, if this is too much of like a generalization, but maybe it's just humans in general are afraid of being alone. And a lot of people think that being a gainer is such an isolating thing because it's so subversive to what society expects of us that they fear they will end up alone. So it's better to find someone and stay in that relationship, even if you're not happy anymore, because God knows I know a lot of gay men that are partnered up that are not happy together. But that security of like not being alone outweighs the potential of finding you know, a, a, another person to be with. I mean, that speaks so much to like our world culture and the obsession with love. I mean, I've mentioned this before, I think on a chunky chat, so I, listeners, I can't quite remember. Um, there is a, a Scottish comedian named Daniel Sloss, who's fucking funny, very big on the dark humor. And he has a special on Netflix that's very worth checking out. It's called Puzzle. And he tallies because the focus of the show is on relationships and the sort of farce of the fact that a lot of us are miserable and in these relationships. And he's requesting people, if you've listened to this show and it has inspired you to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, your husband or wife of no matter how many years, I want you to message me and let me know. And when he was touring and talking about this show, he had a running total that was updating everything. <coughs> Little time going yep i've now broken up over 150 relationships and all the hosts are going wow are you really proud that you're like breaking up love and he's like but they weren't in love that's the point if your relationship with someone is so fragile that you listen to a comedian making jokes about love makes you sit there and go my relationship is a joke then you didn't have a strong relationship and in one of the interviews, he turns on the person and he's like, for someone to really have an issue with that suggests to me that perhaps something I might have said in that special resonated with you. And maybe you're not wanting to acknowledge that your relationship is not the strongest. And then it was the whole audience going, oh, like fully being called out. But it's the truth. You know, I fell victim to this too. My ex-husband and I, we were together in total for 12 years, right? I met him when I was 21 and I gave this man pretty much all my twenties. I was ready about to give him all my thirties, but I was unhappy for such a long time. And I was also one of those people who was like, well, it's better than being alone until it dawned on me one day. Like why, why torment yourself with a relationship that's not working that where you're unhappy, where he condemned my fetishes and made me feel belittled and uh, like I was some kind of freak. It's like, why am I putting myself through this? Like, I can, like, what is this fear of being alone? What does it really mean? Sure, there are times when I don't like to be alone in my house just because there are certain times of day that I don't like to be alone. But there's, like, I can handle 
that this this looming thing of loneliness that everyone seems to be afraid of like it, it's it's you just you got to get past this fear you have because what is the point of making yourself miserable well I think like you say it is that fear of loneliness but you know when you think about it it is baked into us from the time that we're young I mean, the, one of the biggest examples that people love to use when it says, oh, gay is inappropriate for children, will point at Disney films and say, Snow White was fucking passed out and he snogged her and it woke her up. First of all, rape. Maybe it wasn't <laughs> a dick in the purse, but it didn't need to be. She weren't consenting. And also we're showing opposite sex connection. We know what happens from that point. There's babies. Literally, Little Mermaid 2. She has a child. Mm-hmm. she did that because she got a dicking she got dicked down which was all led through by the fact that she was making out with him on the beach also that wasn't particularly healthy either let me just give <laughs> up my family my culture my entire species to pursue a dick did that- you ever see that meme of ariel where she's got the nerd glasses on because they were putting like the nerd glasses on everybody and it's that she's like throwing her hands up like this with a grimace on her face and the caption something like i gave up my family and uh my you know all this and and then a bus is for a badge (laughs) yeah she wanted to get a a dicking down real good and look no judgment do what you want to do for yourself but the straights well i think that the term now online is the defaults yes the defaults love to point to that and go well no that's fine it's the queer stuff that's inappropriate for children but whether it's queer or not we are teaching our little people from the time in which they are too young to know the difference, where they are not able to protect themselves, where they look and they are sat in front of the TV and they are shown this is what life is. Life is you get with someone, that is it. Life is you have a kiss one time and that's it, you're done. We romanticise this idea of a soul true love but what if you met them and they were a cunt (laughs) but we put so much emphasis on no 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 no. you have to have a spark and if there's no spark then it's not worth it you have to get married to them before you have sex with them because that's what it means you have to fall in love and you have to be committed and you have to do all it's too much it's too much people are weird people are crazy and i love my independence far too much to exist in a situation where i don't have an opportunity to get the fuck out if it's not appropriate to do so And people look at that like that's the crazy thing. And look, maybe some people are listening to this and thinking that is a bit crazy. I am ginger, just uh, just to put that out there. And a Scorpio. I mean, all the chips are stacked against me. But (laughs) you can't see it. Tim's like nodding his head like, yeah. Well, because I am also with a ginger Scorpio. So, (laughs) and I I am a cancer, so... And it's funny, um, we talk about astrology every once in a while on the live streams. Mm. Um, I could probably read into it way too much, but um, I had never dated a Scorpio up until now. And I don't know, I guess I never realized how much fun yet, how crazy they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So was- like you're, you're never bored. You're never bored. That's, that's a very polite <laughs> way of putting it. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I never used to put stock into star signs until someone sat me down and pointed out, like, you're a Scorpio rising with a, with a double Aries. No, sorry. Scorpio with an Aries and another Scorpio. My Hogwarts house is Slytherin. 
My personality sign apparently is the one who manipulates people if they get in my way. Like just every, every point on the compass points to Satan. Like if I was one of those characters in a book, right? Like I live in the normal world. I get sucked through a portal into the realm of magic. And I'm a part of a team of young people who've been called on to save the planet. But one of us is going to be the evil dude. Like I know it's me. I know I'm the anime character who will get led to the dark side and rally against the good guys. But in the second season, I become a good guy and come over to that side. And I become like the 2IC or something like that. It's funny you say that because like when I think about that, like uh, if I got pulled into a situation like that, what kind of magic would I end up studying or, or being predisposed to? And the altruistic side of me would love to believe it would all be like clerical magic or healing magic. But honestly, I mean, I'd probably become a necromancer. Yeah. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> you demon bitch. Which is kind of the opposite of everything that like, I, I mean, I'm a nurse for God's sake. My, my whole thing is to preserve life. And yet I would probably... <laughs> you know, become a necromancer and raise an army of the dead. <laughs> not to conquer the world, but to defend myself. But I mean, you think about it, you're not putting anyone alive in harm's way. And most uh, mythical ideas about necromancy suggest that they don't feel pain. It's not even the soul bound to the body. It's just a husk. Powered That's true. magic. So you're literally just, it, it, it would be no different than putting a brick wall up in front of you. But a brick wall can't do much. You're using a wall that can do a little something before pieces. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. I don't know. But weirdly enough on that topic of like, there's that misunderstanding. I think in dating, there's misunderstanding when it comes to what around motivations. Like you said before, some of us just don't want to be alone. And what I was saying, I think some of us are so desperate to, to find someone that it doesn't matter if they're puzzle piece doesn't fit our puzzle piece, we will just jam them in there. You know, you see the joke about someone trying to make a puzzle, they'll get the scissors out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, what, what are you going to do with that? You can't hack something apart. You're going to love me. You need to love all of me. And again, as a ginger Scorpio, you need to love all this fucking batshit bonkers bullshit. Straight up. Self-love also means I'm not going to change myself for anyone. And that's, that's its own challenge. It is. It is. So I'm going to ask you, you've never dated a gainer, right? No. no. Well, I, I mean, briefly I dated an encourager, but it never got serious. So like, maybe you haven't dated another gainer. But if you had the opportunity to, and look, let's suspend belief, Matt's dead, everything's fine, there's a hang up, this guy comes along, he's a gainer, are you, are you going to be thinking, oh yeah, I, I particularly want to take a chance on this one? Or are you thinking, yeah, like, unbothered, gaining is cool, but largely it's about the person? I mean, yeah, it is largely about the person. I would be a little bit more interested in pursuing it. You know, I'd be like, okay, let's see where this goes let's see if this can actually work because you know we we see that some gainers do partner up and have successful relationships and they do meet each other through gromer sometimes but um yeah i I would be definitely um more interested in pursuing that one than say other uh relationships that i could potentially form but 
you know, like I've said before, just having this, the same fetish in common, it's not enough to sustain a relationship. No. And it is a little foolish to sort of think that that will be sufficient. It's a similar vein of thought to suggest that sex is what should drive a relationship. Even if you're a person that is very sexual, hypersexual, and sex is very important to you, that can't be the main focus of a relationship. It's one facet. A personhood <clears throat> has to be first and foremost. Um, I think based on maybe what the uh, listeners have overheard in previous episodes where Matt's made an appearance on the pod, uh, he knows that you're a gainer. Yes, he does. You've been out as a gainer to previous partners. Well, my ex-husband knew about it only because he went snooping and uh, went through my computer and found a a bunch of images and asked me questions about it. And at first I kind of played it off like, well, it's just, in fact, I don't even know if I explained it properly to him. I think I just flippantly said, it's a thing, don't worry about it. But he wouldn't let it go. And so eventually he dragged it out of me. And uh, he was disgusted. He could not believe that anyone would be into something like that. And uh, yeah, proceeded to treat me like shit about it. So. What an asshole. Yeah. So. Well, because his whole thing was like, well, I don't look like that. I'm like, well, I know. Like, obviously you're the, you know, it's, and well, and I, was, I, I should point out like uh, a, a fat man is not the only type of man that I could potentially be attracted to. I mean, I think men are gorgeous at any body size, shape, waist size. Like, yes, of course, the, the, the chubby guys are the ones that are a preference, but it doesn't mean that it has to be that way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think sometimes, like, even t- to speak a bit, uh, a bit broader here, I think a lot of gainer types get a bit weird with non-gainers in the gainer community. They kind of think, well, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And our whole deal is worshipping fat dudes. Like, no one does it better than us. Not even chasers. <laughs> chasers might do it for just purely kinky reasons. Like, yeah. I don't care if you hate yourself, I just want you to grow big. Because other gainers probably look at that situation like, I think you're sexy as fuck. You don't have to gain. I need to. That's for me. Yeah. I'll show you what I like done to a belly. And oftentimes it's better. You know, that's not to again, critique anyone, but I don't know. All types have a place in our community as do all relationship dynamics. I think in that case, some people need to be a bit more open. I'm curious, with your ex, you said he went snooping and so he found out. Hmm. What was that situation like with Matt? Did you have like a particular plan on coming out to him? Did he already know you were a gainer before you guys like sealed the deal? Like what was the... This this was tricky. Like I really... Cause I did contemplate, well, maybe I just won't tell him. And I was like, no, you've done that before. You've done that your whole dating life. You've kept this secret from people. You haven't been honest about it. Look, um, if you really, I was telling myself, like, if you really think that this is going to become serious, you need to just be honest about it. And then if he flips out, you know, he's not the one, you yeah. know, you've got to find someone who is going to like, even if they don't decide to embrace it completely and like do it with you, that they can at least be, okay, cool. That's what you're into. I still love you. I still think you're a great person. So I kind of agonized over this for a while. And then finally I sat him down when I knew that things were about to get serious. It's like, or, and I was like, I have to tell you something. And of course that sounds so ominous when you say that. And he's like, okay, what? And I'm like, well, 
I have a preference of body type. Um, I prefer, I said chubby men. And I was like, because Matt has, um, when, when, when we met, he was a little bit thinner than he is now, but he still had a really big, juicy ass. He mm-hmm. had some gorgeous love handles. Mm-hmm. He had just this, you know, little bit of a belly in front. And I was like, and I said, you have been chubby before. And I just want you to know, like, I don't expect you to get bigger. I don't expect you to be chubby if you don't want to. But like, I really prefer you like this. And he took it a, a minute to like mull it over. And he was just really cool with it. He's like, okay, awesome. It means I don't have to starve myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, you know, really healthy approach to, to that kind of a conversation. I mean, look, everyone's going to feel differently about things. And of course you respect someone's commentary and decision for themselves because that's, that's what you do. That's how it works. But it is nice when you do not have to stress or struggle. You can just say it and be like, oh, everything's all good. Yay. That's wonderful. Like, well, then I had to tell him, like, by the way, I am also trying to get bigger myself. I said, like, I'm doing this sort of muscle and fat combo. I want to build up my muscles. But I also, I like my belly and I want it to be bigger. And he goes, that's cool. I like guys with bellies anyway. And I was, and then I asked, you know, are there any like hard, like no's or hard limits for you? He said, well, I'm not really into super chubs. And I said, define super chub. And he's like, well, you know, like 450 plus. I'm like, that's awesome. Because I don't intend to get that big anyway. So win-win. There you go. You know, in a world that is more body positive and having these frank, open conversations with people, you discern that there are people who aren't so negative and against the concept of someone getting fatter. It's also such a common rhetoric idea. People settle down, they get married, you get relationship gut, you put on the comfy 15, you know, you get fat in marriage. Like it, it happens, you know, in many ways, you want to see a fat old person. You don't want to see them like scrawny and skinny when they're just like a sack of bones. You want them to look all cuddly and plush, you know, that, like, that makes sense in like an older person narrative. You know, there's a lot in our world that lends itself to this. So I don't know what the takeaway from that is, maybe understanding that coming out as a gainer to a potential partner may not be the, the world ending that some of us kind of tout it to be. Um, do you think that as a gainer, you miss out on anything being with a civilian instead of a gainer? I suppose the only thing that you're really missing out on is like, you know, if your partner is also a gainer, they totally get it. Like they are, you know, like if you want to pig out one night, they're going to probably do it right along with you and cheer you on. And, you know, there are some, there are some things or situations that would probably uh, pop up if you're dating another gainer that like, I don't know, I guess only the two of you would understand you know, like outgrowing your clothes and like, you know, your partner's, you know, noticing that you're both getting bigger, like you're popping the buttons off of some of your shirts or you're tearing through the seat of some of your pants. Like if you're with a civilian, they may not point that out to you or they may not like go, oh, that's so awesome, babe, you know. But I think that it, it's not so much that like, like, I don't absolutely have to be with another gainer in order to enjoy this journey. Like Matt encourages me 
emotionally if he if not like to actually eat more hmm. interesting sort of like he takes that effort as a non-gainer to be like i kind of get a sense of maybe some of the things he might be after and it's something he's willing to put out there as a as something intent intentional for you which is very very good you know many gainers online seem to seek out a gainer or encourage a partner, but what is the likelihood of finding someone to partner with? Maybe this, by the way, maybe this is a question that's going to be better for people who are exclusively dating other gainers because maybe they can speak to that experience more for themselves. So this is probably a question we're going to want to repeat just for the listener's sake. Um, But from your perspective, your dating history. Well, you know, as many, uh, even though Grummer touts the number of people online that use the site, think about that number. It's a pretty small percentage of the population. You know, what, like how many billions of people live in the United States? How many millions of people live in the United Kingdom? Like that is a very, it's probably less than 10%, you know, um, that's really, really small. So like the likelihood of finding someone um that you can date, yeah, you can try Gromer, but if no one's responding to you or they're already partnered up or whatever, finding it out there in the world, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, it's kind of slim. It really is. You know, you're far more likely to find somebody who's into bondage or you're far more likely to find someone who's into some other type of BDSM or, you know, hell, even like fisting and rope play, you're more likely to find than someone who's into gaining and encouraging. Uh, it just in in the bar scene that I have been in for years and years and years, everyone was totally fine with some of the BDSM kinky stuff. But you know, you mention getting fat on purpose, or even mention that you're into chubby men, and they all look at you, you know, side eye. I think it's pretty slim. Ironically, pretty slim. <laughs> but you know, that also speaks to fat phobia prevalence of fat phobia and the fact that you know not to not any other minority group shouldn't shouldn't be further ahead but you know we've made great great steps in many instances towards acceptance uh and you know equality of people of color and you know bringing that all up in the queer community trans individuals you know even even people living with hiv aids yeah, breaking yeah down that's very true steps are being taken but being fat will very much seen as something that someone is apparently deserving of being treated very, very poorly for, you know? I guess because if I'm going to play amateur psychologist and try to get inside their heads about this, I, I guess they would look at it like trans is not something you can help. Um, HIV AIDS, it's preventable, but, you know, I guess they think, well, if you get it, you didn't ask for it, so you can't help that either. And people still see being overweight as something as, yeah, you can, you can change that. You can help that. That's something you chose. And in our case, it is something that we chose. I mean, we made an active decision to do this. So they don't know that just looking at us, but I think that might just be the way society views fat in general is like, you can control this. You did this on purpose. You don't deserve any sympathy or respect. Yeah. And I think it speaks not just to how society sees fat people, but also what society sees fat as, which is as an illness, a disease, you know, as something contagious almost, because the way certain people will like 
oh, do you want to go grab a bite to eat? Yeah, but only if we go to like certain places, the inference is I don't want to go somewhere that you might want to go because you want to be a fat pig. I don't want to go to McDonald's with you. I don't want to do this. Like I had this back at the last job when I worked at a consultancy, like part of the role that I was doing, anytime they wanted to set up some kind of business lunch, they wanted to go to a nice restaurant. And to be fair, in the center of London, there's plenty, you know, and it was always nice to try and pick somewhere, do something, blah, 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 blah. It was fine. But then there was one instance where they left it to me like, oh, just pick somewhere that we can all go and hang out or something. And I was like, okay. And I'm looking at the local list of bars and someone was like, yeah, just not a McDonald's, James. And I looked at them sideways because I will make jokes about my weight. I'm the first person to make jokes about my weight. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at them sideways. Like, what about me, can I just ask, insinuates that my ability to be sociable and have drinks with someone is dependent on being able to get a Big Mac whilst doing it. Like, why was that what you went for? And I asked them about it afterwards and they got very quiet and they got a bit awkward about it. And I did say to them, you need to think about what you say because I don't get offended very easily, but you said that out loud in front of everyone. That was very unkind. Do better. Because that's the kind of casual fat phobia that exists. Even people who are confident and walk in it every single day and there are still moments that get you. So it can be difficult sometimes. I remember when I first got here, I started dating this guy. His name was Michael. He was a German Portuguese guy who'd grown up on one of the islands in the channel, one of the channel islands. He was a lawyer. He was thick and cute and handsome, 40 year old, something really great skin, knew how to cook vegetarian, but that was fine. Mm. And I remember coming out as a gainer to him because part of me moving here was with the intention of connecting with another gainer. Yeah. So when he and I hit things off, I thought, well, that's fine. You know, I'll just tell him and everything will be cool. Look at the size of him. He surely knows. Mm-hmm. He got very weird with me, mm-hmm. which was the most uncomfortable because he didn't even snap or say, that's weird. He just got weird. And, you know, obviously things didn't work out. Yeah. But, you know, I remember that experience and feeling so vulnerable because in that moment, he refused to even validate by saying yes or no. He just left it silent, very intentionally silent. And it was very uncomfortable. So, you know, there, there, there is something to just being honest as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that would also be my bit of advice. If you're listening to this and you're not a gainer or you're not into gaining and you're dating someone who's a gainer or dating someone who's thinking about trying it and you're not comfortable with it, first of all, I want you to challenge yourself on why does it make you uncomfortable? Is it genuinely just something you can't gel with or do you have fat phobia and do you need to resolve that? But the second thing is just be fucking honest. The lack of honesty, the lack of upfrontedness, it just, it's never, it's never going, it's never going to work out. You cannot do this closeted. Yeah. You cannot do this hidden and concealed. Do you understand that your partner will see you get fat? And if they don't know that you're doing it on purpose, they're going to go, God, what's wrong? Are you depressed? Is it medication that you're on? 
Why do I not cook well for you? Why are you getting fat? Because that's what happens to the defaults. I, I, I agree. Be honest, but be kind about it. Because the last thing that anyone wants to hear is, oh my God, you're a fucking freak. Like, there are ways of voicing your, um, well, I guess not disapproval, but like that you're, there, there are ways of saying that you're, this isn't really my thing or this isn't in my wheelhouse without being a complete asshole about it. Just that, that's the thing that really devastated me with my ex is to, to, don't do that. Don't make people feel like shit because of something like I, you can't control your fetishes any more than you can control your sexuality. Do you think there is an unreasonable expectation on what civilian partners can be comfortable with, especially what they're willing to engage in? Yeah, I, well, unreasonable expectations. I mean, so <clears throat> if you are a gainer and you're dating a civilian, and let's say that you just recently let them know that you're a gainer, I would not jump out guns a blazing unless they seem really keen. But like, if they're kind of like, oh, okay, well, explain it a bit to me, like sit them down, let them know what it's all about, but don't expect them to immediately jump on a like gainer cruise or don't immediately expect them to go to a grom off or to expansion. Or, you know, all of a sudden, like, don't come home with, like, six bags of fast food and go, okay, it's feeding time. Like, don't. <laughs> Sometimes you got to ease people into things. Now, if they if they get so keen and interested in it that they are, like, gung-ho about it, then I guess you've won the golden ticket. But otherwise, you know, don't just start foisting all of the things that you want onto them because they may not be comfortable with it. Hmm. I mean, you, you think about yourself in any other situation. Let's say it's feet. Let's say it's fisting. Let's say it's uh, scat, you know. But there you go, you know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't see my reaction to that. I'm not shaming it. I'm just like, I, <laughs> that, that's kind of a hard no for me. <laughs> but that's okay. But it's, again, it's that respect thing. If someone comes up to you and says, I have a scat fetish, you cannot mistreat them. You cannot be nasty no. to them. Because if someone did that to you for your obesity thing, you would go away and feel awful about it. Yeah. And you'd speak to all your community friends and say, weren't they nasty because they weren't respectful of my kink and fetish? Same shit, bitch. Yeah. Just on the other foot. Be kind. Be respectful. Give grace. And also don't put your expectations, like you were saying, don't put your expectations on before you know what's going on. Mm. Don't project the fantasy of the feeder boyfriend if he's not a fucking feeder. Don't don't do that to people. It's gross. Honestly, I know people say things like it's 2021 and we shouldn't be doing this, but like people are like that anyways. But seriously, it's 2021. You know how to not be a shit person. So just pull your finger out and don't be shit. What is the one thing you would want listeners to understand about your relationship? So it may not be the uh the ideal, you know, where I'm with uh, an, another gainer or an encourager or a belly fetish person, you know, or anything adjacent to that. But it's, it's, you know, it's a real, it's a genuine relationship. I love him. He loves me. We respect each other. We respect the differences that we have. We don't let those differences tear us apart. And we, we are, a, you know, we communicate and that people, it's a cliche when people say, oh, communication is key, but it's the truth. Um, because the more you keep things from people, the worse it's gonna get. Because secrets fester and things get uncomfortable. And I don't ever wanna go back to the kind of relationship with my ex. I know that I bring him up a lot 
But the reason I do is because I have a lot of PTSD left over from how toxic that relationship was and the kind of things that went on. It's like, I don't want to ever go through that again. So communication is going to be, even if it's difficult, because there are, there are conversations that are really hard to have, but they have to be, they, they have to be done because ugh, I, I've been there and done the opposite of it. And, ugh, trust me, you don't want to do it. I mean, ultimately, you're not wrong. Communication is key, and people say it because it's true. And, like, when you when you bring up a painful relationship, you know, there's always a lesson to it. And, you know, it sucks that the frequency that you bring it up, there always seems to be, like, a different lesson, like, that you must have been hurt so much and in so many different ways by this person to have learned so many different lessons. But that's on us to be ears and hearts open. Listen and receive. Should we have to go through a horrible, abusive marriage because we weren't look, willing to listen? No. Just I think listen. that might be part of the reason why, listeners, I talk about him so much. Like, take from me, I am the cautionary tale. I am what happens when you don't stand up for yourself. <laughs> like, that is the reason why I bring up these horrible stories is because don't do what I did. Don't acquiesce don't lose your power don't silence yourself just for the sake of peace because that's what i did for 12 years and i was miserable so you think about it like that length of like sad relationship is the equivalent of like a middle schooler basically yeah you got together had a baby raised that baby it became a middle schooler but that's that's a long time and, you know, it's worth in those moments real, realizing and remembering that your life isn't over because of it. You know, did you, did you lose years? Sure. But it took you as long as it needed to take you to realize and to do something about it. We're all different. I can listen to that and acknowledge that I myself am someone who is too loyal. I am loyal to a fault because I will stand by the side of my man, even if he hurts me, even if he hits me, which I have done before. It's a problem. I have as well. I have as well. You know, and it's so important that no matter what your proclivity is, that you own your power and know that you are worth it. If you're the kind of person where a gainer is the only thing that's going to do it, please do not ever settle for a non-gainer. Love yourself enough to persist and find the person that you want. And if you're amenable to someone who's not a gainer, do that. Don't be shitty when they're not a gamer. That was a lesson that I had to learn with Matt because like I said, I had all this PTSD left over from the toxic relationship that I let that carry over into my relationship with Matt. And I was really like afraid sometimes to mention some, you know, some aspects of the fetish or just, you know, mention that like friends that I would meet up with sometimes like they were also gainers or if you like um, that my feeder friend from Indiana even to talk about that. And it was like, I had to sit down and realize Matt is not my ex-husband. There are two completely different people. They have two completely different points of view on things. Whereas my ex-husband was a very selfish, self-involved, I will love you only if you meet these conditions. Matt loves unconditionally. It's, I love you in spite of anything else, you know? And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. Like I'm still kind of grappling with it. And sometimes I will bring that up to him, like say, you know, we are going on a cruise in January, right? And I was very afraid of 
being like, oh, I don't want to go on this vacation without you because I'm, I'm going to afraid that you might resent me for it. And he's like, why would I do that? Why would I resent you for wanting to go off and do something on your own? You know, you've told me before, you've never taken a trip like this before. You've never done anything for yourself. Go have fun. You know, I'm going to be, he said, like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in school. I, I won't have the time. Like, it's fine. Go. But I had all this shit in the back of my head going, oh, he's going to get mad. He's going to resent you for this. He's going to, you know, it's hard to turn that shit off sometimes, but I'm yeah. working on it. But it's so important as well, because, you know, here's something I say, right? And this is something I believe truly about all relationships. Your life is walking a forest road where you cannot see shit to the left or to the right because the trees are so dense. You can only see the path ahead. And as you go through life, you will find forks in the road. Sometimes there's a split with two. Sometimes there's three. Sometimes there's a thousand. Don't matter. Your job at that point is to assess each road, pick the one that works best for you and walk on down. Now, as you walk on this road of life, every now and again, you will notice that you walk past a certain point where another path will converge onto yours. And you can't quite see where it connected, but somehow it connects. And as you're walking along that path, at some point, someone will actually come to walk beside you. And we all age at the same rate. They're moving at the same rate as you on that path together. And at some point, you will come to another fork in the road. Now, what you've both got to do is actually still continue to pick the fork that is right for you. And if those times happen to be the same, then that's lovely. You picked that together and you get to move down it together. But if those are not the right ones for you, then you need to take different roads. And you cannot know if your paths will converge again. But so long as you take the path that's right for you, you get to reflect on the fact that for a time in your life, you shared a journey with someone who walked side by side with you on your journey. And you know that the only reason you split up is because they went off to do their thing. What if you're with someone and them doing their thing means they're going to get a higher education to go and kick ass in the world? You better fucking love and support them for doing that. Oh, but it means we've got to break up. Yeah, so what? That journey isn't for you. That journey for them. If you love them, if you think you're supposed to love them, then you would love them. No matter if it means you guys have to split up. Splitting up, poetic. splitting up sucks because it fucking hurts to be away from the person you love. You actually love them as much as you profess that you did. You would pick it every goddamn time for their betterment and for yours. Because if they're off doing their own thing, you're walking on your journey, you're on your path the way that you should be, you encounter someone else. They look back, they're not getting mad at you because you're no longer together. What they're doing is they're reflecting on the journey that you had together going, well, that part of our lives was great. I know he's a wonderful person. He's off doing his thing. And look, he's met someone else who's also wonderful, who's on that journey with him. I love him because he's an incredible person. And they're now with someone who was also on that journey with them. Like breakups don't have to be, they were a fucking abuser. Sometimes they are. Tim and I are examples of that. Um, and I think some of, some of our listeners out there are as well. But sometimes you break up with people because you're just going in different directions. Sometimes you break up because you want different things. Sometimes you break up because you're just not the same people you were when you got together. They're all valid reasons and they're not 
more sad because, oh, it wasn't as powerful or you didn't see it coming. Like, no, they're actually reasonable. Humans are like 99 or whatever percent water. Change is in our literal nature. Yeah. How can we be surprised that our high school crush grew up to be someone completely different? How can we be surprised that subjecting ourselves to new people and experiences and situations could possibly change us or have an effect on us? Sometimes I think we choose to be so ignorant of the fact that we ourselves are changeable that we are not permanent. We are in a constant stage of transition. And honestly, as gainers, we should be clued into that better than anyone because we are literally always transforming and changing. Every single day we get fatter is a new aftershot in the before and after category. Why do we, why do we hold so strongly that certain things need to be constant and the same? And it's because your very first point People are fucking, I, I want every listener to do this. I want you to take a minute to challenge yourself. If you are with someone right now, why are you with them? And I genuinely mean it. Why are you with them? Is it because you see something great in them and you want to share your life experience with them? Or is it because the thought of going to bed alone drives you insane? Are you with someone because you want to challenge them on days when they're not acting their best? Are you with someone because you see how great they could be and you want to take the opportunity to tell them they're being shit to help them get better? Or are you with someone because the thought of being without someone terrifies you so that when they act up, say something racist, say something problematic, lay hands on you or someone else raise their voice, punch a wall, you forgive them for it. You need to check your motivations and you need to check what you have in front of you. You will not lose any more life if you make a change the day you realize you need to make a change. But from that day, every day that you choose not to make a change is a day you lose. Because from that day, you could have done something, but you didn't. And I apologize to everyone for going on a bit of a powerful tangent there, but no, that was good. That was deep. That was, <laughs> we got pretty deep there. <laughs> you know what? That's relationships. You know, and, and to put it out there, you and I are in a relationship. It is a business relationship. It is a friendship. There is love. It's a platonic love. It is a brotherly love. There's also that intimacy because you and I look at each other and give compliment to each other's bodies and build each other up that way. You don't need to be in a relationship of a dating variety to have that and have something kind and supportive and, and, and brilliant and life-changing. You can have that today just by investing in the people around you. And maybe we're not talking about friendships here, but that's also worth considering because yeah. it's worth asking. The person you're with are they someone you actually want to be in a committed relationship with or are they just a glorified friend you have sex with? Like, I think your soulmate can be your best friend. I don't think that yeah. your soulmate is necessarily the person that, I mean, if you believe in the concept of soulmates, I don't think it has to be someone that you're romantically attached to. It can be a friend. It can be a family member. 
you know like it doesn't it, it it doesn't have to equate with sex that's again all that disney shit that we grew up with that's like all your soulmate is the one that you're going to be romantically linked to and you'll ride happily off into the castle in the clouds bullshit yeah <laughs> it, it, that's not real life there's something to be said as well queerness sets us free from cishet normativity queerness says you can be polyamorous and be completely valid Queerness says you could be a fucking cum-guzzling slut and you are still fucking valid. Queerness says you could be asexual, aromantic, and still be completely fucking valid. Queerness says you can wait until you have a connection with someone before you get down to the business. Queerness says you can be attracted to one or multiple. Queerness says you can do any fucking thing you want to because so long as it is consensual and understood by all parties involved, then you are golden and you represent the best of us in that moment. For civilian listeners, what do you want them to understand about your needs and perspective as a gainer in that relationship? I think we just need your understanding. Like, the, we, we, we don't want judgment for it. And it's okay if, as a civilian, you're not into it. That's fine. We don't, or we should not expect you to be into it. Um, but don't judge it, obviously, because then that's just going to make, you know, everything awkward and uncomfortable. Understand that we, that it's, it's something that is innate. It's something that's it's in our sexual DNA. We can't get rid of it. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, just just be open minded about it. You know, even if you never ever participate in it. Mm. Yeah, I suppose that would be a desire for understanding as well. Like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but please respect that if I still need something gainer related, then there probably needs to be a sense of openness in that relationship for that to be sated. Because otherwise that's not gonna work. It's not gonna. Not every gainer needs to have the itch scratched. Some of us do. And if it don't get scratched, I'm gonna end up hating you. And that's that's not even me trying to be all Scorpio about it. That's just me stating the truth. If you're yeah. if you want to be with me, understand that I'm a gainer and go, oh, but I don't want you to participate in that and I'm not willing to, then you gotta understand that that's not gonna pan out. It's not yeah. gonna happen either of us. So you have some listener questions. Oh, good. So I want to ask you, what is an unexpected benefit of partnering with a civilian? Well, I think, you know, one thing with me and Matt was kind of introducing him to a whole new world that he, I mean, he had heard about it, but he didn't really know what it was. And so I got to um, expose him to this this new world of fetishism. And actually, it's so funny. Um, lately, I've been getting some requests on Facebook from gainers i'll put it out there i'm not going to say who but i have been getting some friend requests on facebook from gainers that i have seen and i noticed that we all seem to have at least one mutual friend and who does that happen to be but my boyfriend and i pointed it out to him i was like do you know how many gainers you're friends with on facebook and he's like oh they are oh (laughs) i guess like and he's just so nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, okay, great. Yeah, I have all these gainer friends. It's fantastic. Like, what do I care? <laughs> so my, that's, 
No, go ahead. <laughs> my my housemate, we joke and we call him a gay nexus, as in he knows fucking everyone. And he does. He's a very popular person and knows a lot of people, not only in London, but around the UK. And so I notice every now and again, gainers have him as a mutual friend. And I find that so funny because, yes, he's a gay nexus. Well, probably more like a gay bear nexus. But, like, gainers, we're out here in these streets. We're in these communities doing our own thing, you know. And I've never named names to him except one person because he was a bit like, oh, why are you meeting up with him? And I was like, because he's a gainer. And he was like, oh, is he really? I was like, yes. So there you go. Another uh, unexpected benefit, and this probably isn't, you know, for everybody, but this is just something that Matt did for me. Um, he's actually been pimping our podcast. Oh. Like, yeah, he's been telling people, like, because he plays rugby and some of the guys who, or one guy on his team and a couple of guys from another team are also gainers. And he's been pimping our podcast. Like, oh, you should contact him and and ask if, if you can guest on the podcast. I was like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that to happen. <laughs> He's out there pushing our product, you know. God bless him. Listen, when we've got like a merch stall at the Grom, you know, he can like run stall with us and stuff. Can you imagine, Matt? Like, hey, faggot, have a shirt. I, you know what? And that's exactly what he would do too. <laughs> so look, I think there there is that possibility for the future. And you know what? I think considering what we're seeing today with Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, for goodness sake. Yeah, I was really surprised by how many... Uh, gainers are willing to put themselves all myself included i didn't think that i well, would be willing to put it all out there now you were thinking about it and you put yourself out there and how much positive fucking feedback are you getting for your goddamn tiktok i know and i've only gotten one negative comment thus far i know that that will change as uh the tiktoks get more and more views i'm ready for the hate comments to start happening but i'm i've been pretty lucky i think the future's bright i think there's a lot of opportunity and look Listeners, I know this episode, maybe there were some deep moments, but I really hope that listening to that, if it resonates with you, please take the time to do some introspection, have a think and a feel, just ponder it, just feel it out. Genuinely. If something we've said challenges you, if something we've said supports you, if something we've said makes you feel any type of way, don't run from that feeling. Hold on to it, explore it. Because no matter you gotta, you, you've got to experience those emotions sometimes. You just got to get yourself through it. You got to work through it. Like you can't run from it. We've all we all did it at one point, and we were unhappy as a result. So, as Trixie once said in a funny voice on an episode of "Oh, if the Lord can lead you to hate, can lead you through." <laughs> I I kind of I you know uh, I don't want to quote her because RuPaul's turning out to be something of a problem these days but you know that very cliche quote if you can't love yourself how can you love someone else i wish i feel like we need to tweak that a bit and come up with something else um just because you know she's she's not exactly the positive role model we all thought she was no no the mishy's there uh None, none the least of which is excusing blackface, but judging H&M on the main stage. But, you know, yeah. uh, that's fine. In 2021, with all the conversations we're having, that's perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. 
just just to clarify for listeners, that was sarcasm. It is not fine, nor permitted, nor supported by this podcast in any way, shape, or form. But I think that's our episode for today, Tim. How are you feeling, having spoken about your experiences today? That was pretty cathartic, actually. I didn't expect us to go quite as deep as we did with it, but you know, I'm. It, fuck, I don't know what to say here. but maybe that's it maybe it was so cathartic you already got out all your thoughts maybe there's nothing left to say because you left it all there for the listeners i mean i i just i want people to not be afraid of dating outside of a community you know a lot of people i've seen posts on gromer before this is like i will not date outside this community and that's fine that's fine if you really feel that you cannot be with anyone else but another gainer or encourager or someone who was involved in the fetish. But I would say just be open to it because sometimes, you know, love, it, it can be surprising. It comes on when you're not looking for it. And it might be someone who has nothing to do with the community and that this person is just so right for you. I, I would also hate for anyone to be like, yeah, I really like this guy, but I'm not going to pursue it because they're not a part of the community. Yeah, I think, if there was one comment I would want to leave people with, much in the similar vein as the deep comments from before, you know, explore yourself and know yourself. Don't just repeat rhetoric about what you believe about relationships because it's what other people say. Challenge yourself. Do you genuinely believe in monogamy? Do you genuinely believe in what the relationship dynamic you're currently in means to you? Just pause and think about it. If something comes as a result of that, Maybe it might be a bit weird at first, but do you know what? I think it's really worth it to take that extra time to get to know yourself just a little bit better. But I think that's our episode for this week. Tim, again, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts and feelings as the uh, sort of main speaker for today, which has honestly been so lovely, like hearing more of your thoughts about everything. I, I find you to be someone who's so articulate with your experiences it's really quite admirable as well how much you have shared you know in some very painful experiences and I really do hope listeners that if you get the opportunity to uh, send them a bit of love and a bit of thanks for sharing and being so vulnerable with us today well I've always said I'm an open book like there's nothing that's off the table I'll tell you because what do I have to lose I mean I've been there and done and done some insane shit. And like I told James, someday I will sit down on a, on a big boy chat and like tell you the entire sordid story of my life. But, you know, just being able to give little snippets here and there and hopefully um, offer some sage wisdom, you know, for anyone who might have who might have gone through what I've gone through or is currently going through what I've gone through. I hope I can help. There we go. But that's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate and give us five stars, and please leave a good review. As always, you can find me on Grommer and Instagram at Stanham and Twitter and YouTube and TikTok at StanhamG. And you can find me on Grommer as Orpheus. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok as Thicky Mouse. And of course, you can find more of what we talked about today on Instagram and Patreon at Thick Radio. But until next time. Bye, fans. Bye, fans. Let's talk about it.
Think Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Vicky Nuss. Next and Masterclass Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lokitu. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Creative.